All right, folks, welcome to Justify Your Existence, the Daily Journal's podcast about Mississippi State, Ole Miss, the SEC, and beyond. Before we get started here, make sure you follow Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platform or at djournal.com slash podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Michael Katz, our Ole Miss reporter. I'm Stephon Kaisenik, Mississippi State reporter. Uh, Michael, how you doing? I feel like we're at the point of the, the podcast where I might have wore this shirt last time we recorded. I might not have. I honestly don't know anymore. We're actually at a point where I realized that that bag hasn't moved <laughs> and it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah. I'll, I'll start questioning whether that bag is real or if it's just decoration. It's a prop. It's a, it's, my zoom background is just bags. <laughs> well, I mean, if people know what I might watch the recordings instead of listen. Um, when I first moved to Starkville, um, the walls were empty behind me. So at least I started putting some stuff up. Like we're making we're making some progress here. We're getting we're getting we're getting comfortable living in Mississippi a little bit. Um, <laughs> before we start co- talking college football, let's just say make sure you uh, join our Facebook groups if you're interested in that. The Ole Miss discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz, or the Mississippi State discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Kreisnick. And make sure you follow D Journal Sports on Twitter. Michael, it's a big week of college football games coming up. Um, not as many sickle games. Not as many. We don't get we don't get. We do have Vanderbilt, Missouri, so we'll touch on that. I don't know if that's a sicko game for sure. Uh, yeah, if, if it touches that range. But let's start a little bit outside the SEC. Um, pretty fun slate of uh, Big Ten games. Michigan heads to Michigan State. Game day is going to be there. A top 10 matchup. I think it's number seven versus number nine. Um, top 10 matchup. Exciting one. Um, I think you picked Michigan. I picked Michigan State. Tell me why. I feel like like one of these years, like it has to click for Jim Harbaugh because I've like I've been dying on the Jim Harbaugh is actually a good coach hill for a long time. Um, and I, I, just, I don't know what the deal has been at Michigan. All I know is if you can turn Stanford around and you can almost win a Super Bowl with the 49ers, uh, <clears throat> I think I, th- I think he's I think he's a good coach. But I, the Michigan has just been a weird it's kind of had like that Texas effect where it hasn't really mattered who's the coach there. It's just things haven't really worked out for the last couple of coaches. Um, but, you know, Michigan State, Mel Tucker's done a really nice job there. But I don't know. This I, I'm going to regret this so badly. But this feels like it might be like the quote unquote Michigan year until they lose by 70 to Ohio State. Well, yeah, naturally, every Michigan year ends with a 70-point loss to Ohio State. Um, you know, I went, I went with Michigan State. I think their defense is playing pretty well. Um, their running game on offense is still pretty potent. Um, you know, I think them at home uh, should be a fun matchup. It, it's fixing to be one of those games where um, we, get, we get the block punt or something crazy like that. Like, it's set up for something crazy like that. Yeah, I, I I remember where I was. I was at a Buffalo Wild Wings in somewhere in Idaho. <laughs> and I was yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, and I I remember just like my mouth just dropped and I I literally was just like, oh no. Yeah. Like to no one in yeah. particular. Yes. Yes. I think that uh, that reaction was shown around the nation in many places. Another big time matchup, Iowa heads to Wisconsin. I also think we disagreed on this one. I had Wisconsin. I think you had Iowa. Um, Wisconsin coming off that win at Purdue. Um, so first of all, they have that transitive win over Iowa. Uh, now they're home against Iowa. I think the Wisconsin team we saw earlier this season against Notre Dame and um, and Penn State. 
I think they're a little better now. I think their defense is a little more sound now. Um, curious to see how Iowa plays, though, because, like, this is kind of like – like, Iowa's starting to feel a little bit like Arkansas, where they really reached the top. I mean, they, they got to number two. Arkansas, was, I think, was as high as number nine. Um, where it's like college football playoffs, hopes are kind of out the window, but you still have a lot to play for, and you can still have a really good season if you win a game like this. So is that what you're seeing from Iowa, kind of that bounce back there? Yeah, I mean, I again, Iowa is one of those teams that it's it's hard to get a read on them because they don't play like most other teams do. Like, they're not like the sexy brand of college football in the year of our Lord 2021. But, um, <laughs> you know, I I trust them more than I trust Wisconsin because I've watched a, enough Wisconsin this year, and I know they beat Purdue, but, like, you know, I feel like we all sort of like lost our way last year when we saw Graham Mertz like complete like 20 out of 21 passes or whatever it was in his first right. game. And we were like, oh, my gosh, this is the best quarterback in Wisconsin history. And it's just been all downhill from there. Um, I don't know. It's when I think of Wisconsin, I think of like, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's a superstar. But I think of like, you know, the power running game where they're able to run over everybody. And I don't know. It's just it, it, it hasn't been as easy for them in the last couple of years. And I don't know what to get from Graham Mertz on a, on a game to game basis. Um, I, I want to think that he's good, but you know, he's, I think he was the best um, uh, quarterback recruit they ever had. Um, and he could still be very good, but I, I, I just don't trust them, which means they're going to win by two touchdowns. Yeah, naturally. Um yeah, watching Graham Mertz, I think Russell Wilson has reclaimed his title as the best Wisconsin quarterback ever. So uh, this might be this might be too going back for you, but I think I would take John Stocko over. Yeah, John Stocko. That you I might do. five. I know, I know, I know. From like, I mean, I never watched him play, but I know, you know, the numbers in the archives. Like yeah, it's in the back of the brain somewhere. Um, no, you're right. It, it could be close. I'm a big Russell Wilson guy. I'll stick with that. But but maybe in terms of Wisconsin career, maybe you're, you're probably right. But an NFL career, I think I'm taking Russell Wilson there. But yes, that's yes. Yeah. Pete Carroll yeah. as well. <laughs> naturally, naturally. Former USC coach Pete Carroll. Maybe future USC coach Pete Carroll. Uh, Penn State goes to Ohio State this weekend. Um, Ohio State gonna be a playoff team. I don't know, man. It's so crazy because I watched CJ Stroud that first game against Minnesota and I was like, this guy isn't very good. And now he's like a Heisman front runner all of a sudden again, because he's just been absolutely on fire. Um, I, it, I think James Franklin is a good coach. I really do. Um, though is this, it your is, sales, is this your sales pitch as a USC alumni? No, no, it sounds like it though. But um, it, uh, there was, uh, did you hear his press conference yesterday when he was like, "We're focused on Illinois," and everybody's <laughs> like, "Oh boy, are you focused?" <laughs> like, oh god, you already played them. Uh, you know that game they lost uh, was just bonkers, nine overtimes, whatever it was that. Um, uh, you know, I, I think they'll bounce back, but I think Ohio State is rolling right now. They figured it out on offense. Um, I mean, they're always loaded at the skull positions and the quarterback and whatnot, but C.J. Stroud has done a really nice job since really that first game, and I think they've got the best wide receiver core in the country, and uh, they've got really good running backs again. Um, I, I think that's 
it's going to be a really tough one, I think, for Penn State to win. Yeah, I think um, a lot of why CJ Stroud has been so good is because of that receiving core. I think they kind of all started to click um, maybe probably right around after that Oregon loss, like maybe the next game or two, they really started to click. Um, you know, it's it sets up – Cincinnati's going to have to win out to get in. We know that. Um, Oklahoma probably has to win out to get in. Um Georgia, Alabama is where it's going to get interesting. If, if let's say Cincinnati and Oklahoma went out, they get in. If Alabama beats Georgia, they're both in, I believe. And if Georgia beats Alabama, then I think a one-loss Ohio State gets in over a two-loss Alabama. That's how I think it would play out. But if you're, if you're Ohio State, I mean, your chances are legit because I think there's a good chance that Georgia does beat Alabama. So if you're Ohio State, I think after their Oregon loss, a lot of people thought they were dead to rights. And, and not just the Oregon loss, but like you said, they didn't look that great against Minnesota. They lost to Oregon. And you're kind of like, all right, maybe this isn't the same old Ohio State team. I think Ryan Day is a really underrated coach. I know what he inherited in that program. Obviously, you know, it's Ohio State. You come in as the coach of Ohio State, you're going to inherit a lot. But I think he, I, I genuinely think he's a good coach, like on his own. Like, I think if you put him like in a rebuild, I think he could build it up and, and do something well. So, um, that's definitely an interesting game to keep an eye on because after that Illinois game, kind of like the Iowa situation, like what is Penn State for Penn State playing for this season? I mean, last year after Penn State lost to Indiana, it kind of looked like they were playing for nothing anymore um, in the season. It kind of just felt like their season was over because they had real college football playoff aspirations. I think they started as number nine team in the nation. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see how teams like Iowa, Penn State um, bounce back. Um, real quick, Texas Baylor. I think I picked Baylor because I'm I, I'm not picking Texas anymore. I picked Texas because I guess I'm picking Texas still. Um, two confusing teams. Really interested. I, I'm not really. Like, I don't know. Buy into Baylor yet? I certainly don't want to buy into Texas. So I just pick Texas. Whatever. Uh, I, I I think the last like three times I've picked Texas, they've lost. So I'm not, you know, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me three times. Right. I'm gonna beat it. Did either of us venture to, to pick Vandy this week? They take on uh, Missouri. I'm trying, I'm going looking back at our picks. I can't remember what I picked. I uh, went Missouri. I I, you won't. Yeah. We both went Missouri. Yeah. Uh, you know, God bless the Commodores, but I'm not ready to stand on that hill quite yet. I think I'm okay with the Commodores proving me wrong. Like, you know, go go win an SEC game. Why not? Go do, do your it. best, sweetie. Go do it. <laughs> um, and if you don't, I learned that Broadway is only like two miles away from Vanderbilt football stadium. So, you know, if you lose, go grab a drink at Broadway. That, exactly. Uh, you picked Georgia by a trillion or a billion. I can't remember against Florida. Um, I also picked Georgia. Um, good. They're just good, man. Yeah, and it. I don't like want to say like it seems like the wheels are falling off of Florida because I still think Florida is 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 fine. I think Dan Mullen is a good coach, um, but I don't know. It's just like the offense just doesn't know what it is, especially at quarterback. The Emory Jones Richardson situation is, has just kind of been weird, and um, you know they they turn the ball over a decent amount um, and mix that with the fact that Georgia is Georgia. Um, you know, I don't think it's, I know it's a rivalry game and these things can be weird, but I think it would take a perfect performance from Florida and a miserable performance from Georgia for Florida to 
to hang around. Like I, I think Georgia is is going to beat them up pretty good, which again means Florida is going to win by like three. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean this sets up for Dan Mullen like close game. I think like that's just how Dan Mullen teams work. Um, yeah, I'm going with Georgia too, based on the pure principle that Georgia, I think, is by far the best team in the nation. Not only like the best team right now, but they're like rolling right now. Like, like you can be like a really good team. And I'm trying to think in, in other sports. Like, I feel like you probably see this in baseball more than anything, where you know a team top to bottom is better than you. Let's say the Dodgers, for example. Come on, man. Are better are better than anyone, but like we're not playing. They were not hot really going into the playoffs, and they struggled. Um, uh, against the Giants, granted the Giants are a good team. Like they didn't have like that momentum going into that NLC, something like that. Georgia has that. They're really good and they have momentum. Like they're playing good, they're playing well with a good team. That's kind of scary. You don't want to be on the other side of that. Um, and if you're a team like Florida trying to figure out who you are right now, this is not the team you want to face to figure out who you are right now. Have you ever looked at Georgia's offensive stats? They don't make any sense. I went and looked at them yesterday, and it was like. You look at like there's passing numbers and they're fine and like the rushing numbers are fine. And then you look yeah. and they're averaging like 38 points a game. It's like, what? Yep. How? How are they getting these points? And then you're like, oh, because they can score touchdowns on defense too. Yeah, they're uh, – that defense. Like in, in, in what did you say, the, the Lord's year of 2021, like their defense is legit. And they're playing – and that's just a scary team right now. And I, I, I think, think- – I think I saw that they've given up four touchdowns this year. I think it was three passing and one rushing. Yeah, I think they gave up 13 points against Kentucky, so I'm sure Kirby Smart was pissed after the game about that. <laughs> but that's just how things are going over in Athens. So, um, like like I said before, it's setting up to be a pretty good SEC championship game, assuming things go um, as expected. Uh, let's talk about the games we're covering. You're heading to Auburn uh, this weekend, Ole Miss, traveling face Auburn. Um, ranked matchup, Ole Miss number 10 in the standings. Now, where's Auburn in the standings? I can't remember. They are 18. 18? Okay, so top 18 matchup um, in Auburn. Awesome game, I believe. I think Auburn might have been favored by a couple points. Um, should be should be a fun one, man. What, what are we expecting here? Yeah, I think the latest line I heard was like Auburn by three, and it, 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 it those are always fluid. Vegas always knows more than I right. do. But, well, um, naturally. <laughs> but, until you pick the, until you put money on the favorite, that's when the you know the upset. Until I pick Texas, um, <laughs> but uh, you know this is I think going to be a really really good game. Just in terms of one, it's at Auburn, which is a place historically Ole Miss has not played well at. Um, Ole Miss has not particularly been good against Auburn. Period. You know historically, um. You know, Ole Miss hasn't beaten them since 2015. Um, there's a lot of 2015 going around because it was the last time Ole Miss was in the top 10. It was the last time they beat Auburn. It was the last time they won Jordan Hare. All these sort of things which are kind all, of – Which all checks out. It all checks out. I feel like any time a team's like, this is their first time in the top 10 since this. It's also the first time they beat this team since that same year. And I'm like, yeah, but probably because they were good that year and they beat yeah, the teams. <laughs> no, exactly. No, it, it, it totally makes sense. Um, but, you know, Auburn's interesting because – you know, I know everybody wants to talk about Bo Nix because Bo Nix is like my favorite quarterback meme. Uh, and he has been just because he's like, is he like SEC Graham Mertz just better? No, he's like, uh, <laughs> I always had a joke with my sister, my older sister, uh, with Sam Ellinger, and we never knew if he was good or not. Bo Nix is Sam Ellinger. 
but more okay. athletic. Yeah, like Sam Ellinger, Bo Nix is going to make his way to like the Colts practice squad or something. Yep, <laughs> 100%. Absolutely. Right. Uh, but, but, you know, Bo, and Bo, Bo Nix has had a he's, – he's really kind of – he's taking care of the ball, which has kind of always been Bo Nix's problem. But I think for me the biggest thing here is they've got a really big, strong defensive front. Um, they've got three different guys who have four sacks. They have those long, you know, rangy pass rushers that everybody wants. And, you know, Ole Miss is, is beat up on the offensive line. Um, you know, they are without Ben Brown, their starting guard for the rest of the season. There's been guys in and out, um, you know, and even when guys have been there, the O-line has kind of been a little bit up and down. And so, you know, Pass rushers thrive at home with large crowds and when they get juiced up and stuff. And right. um, I, I think that that's, I think that's going to be really, really big. You know, can the Ole Miss O-line hold up, keep its tempo going um, against this really tough defense? I think Auburn's given up like 19 and a half points a game, which in this year era of college football is really, really, really good. Right. Um, you know, um, and just, you know, playing at a place like that, I think it's going to kind of have that Tennessee atmosphere where you are not going to be able to hear a thing. And, right. um, you know, I know, you know I, I doubt Matt Corral is feeling 100% quite yet. Um, that's going to play some sort of, you know, factor is, you know, even Kiffin said, like, you know, Matt's not wasn't 100%. He wasn't able to step into all his throws. He wasn't able to do all of the things that he wanted to do. Right. Will he be able to do that this week? You know, I'm not a doctor. Recoveries don't generally happen that quickly with stuff like that. Um, and so I, I think it's just shaping up to be a really, really good game. Um, I, 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 the thing is, you can never count Ole Miss out because of the quarterback. Um, he's going to keep you in every game. And, right. um you know, I, I think, you know, it's, there's a really good possibility Bo Nix reverts to Bo Nix. Um, but I, I just think it's this is going to be one of those really, really close games that is determined by someone doing something crazy late. I don't know if it's going to be like the prayer at Jordan Hare situation. Um, I hope not, because that's going to screw my deadline really badly, uh, <laughs> given that it's a night game. But uh, I, I think it's going to be really good. This is I'm, I, this is a, as close to a toss-up as it gets, I think. And um, if one of these teams wins convincingly, um, I, I, a ton of credit to that team. Yeah. Um, if, if Ole Miss can't win the battle of the trenches on offense, um, you know, with their, with their offensive line, you know, struggles and, and injuries, and, and Matt Corral isn't feeling 100% to kind of get out of that pressure, that kind of – sets up for Auburn to get quite a few sacks and probably set Ole Miss back a little bit. Is that, is that what you're saying? Yeah, I mean, it's just Ole Miss is so good when they are getting five, ten, you know, it sounds dumb, but like positive plays and when they can keep their tempo going and when they get right, you know, a 15-yard right. gain, they run up to the line and they're dashing you for another one and another one. Um, it, it's hard to do that when your quarterback is getting sacked or when he's, you know, running for his life and um, you know, of course you always want to keep your quarterback clean, but, um, for Ole Miss, it's, it, it is really important because they want to play with pace. They want to run, you know, 90, hundred plays. And it's really hard to do that when your quarterback's on his back. 
Yeah. No, it's it's funny you mentioned that how many plays um, Ole Miss will run because transition over to Kentucky ahead in the Mississippi State. Mississippi State against Vanderbilt was the third team in FBS history since 2000, so in the last 21 years, um, to hold a team to 45 plays or less on offense. Vanderbilt that's ran insane. 42 plays. That is that's insane. Like, and then like I know people will say, oh, it's Vandy, like it's Vandy, but like Vandy's been a team for 21 years at least, and it's only happened three times ever, and it doesn't only happen to Vandy. So like that's a really really impressive number. I think it's a combination of how much the Mississippi State offense kind of takes time off the clock, stuff like that. Um, but a testament to a big bounce back from the Mississippi State defense, and that's the performance um, it's going to need. I think um, you know what's interesting is. Mississippi State open as a two-point favorite. I think they're like a one-and-a-half-point underdog now, last I checked. So it's kind of flipped. I think people are kind of like, hey, our last memory of Kentucky is two weeks ago before their bye week when they lost to Georgia. It's like, is that really fair? Because I thought they played well against Georgia, to be honest, as well as one could play against Georgia and lose by like 17 or whatever it was. <laughs> uh, um, but – Definitely, like you said, with the Ole Miss-Auburn game, definitely feels like it's a bit of a toss-up game. Um, you know, a night game at Davis-Wade, Cowbells will be will be electric, and, and the stadium will be electric. It's homecoming. Um, the baseball team's getting their rings um, for their national championship uh, during the game. So, like, it's setting up for a really good environment and setting up for a really good game. And I picked Kentucky to win. A real, I picked them to win 20-17. to 17. Um, so I think it's going to be a pretty low-scoring game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a sloppy game at times. Um, Mississippi State had six interceptions against Kentucky last year. They scored two points coming on a safety from uh, – have you seen the safety? Do you know what I'm talking about? No. I don't know if you watched Kentucky-Mississippi State last year. I, I had to go back and watch the highlights of it. It was – Kentucky was punting it. Like, not like in their own end zone. They were punting from, like, the 30-yard line. And the, punt, the snap sails over the punter's head. So, there's, like, the punter and then, like, three Mississippi State guys chasing after it. And the ball's right around the goal line. And the Kentucky punter just boots it out of the back of the end zone to take the safety instead of giving Kentucky the touchdown. So, like, even the safety that, Kentucky, or that Mississippi State got wasn't really to the highlight of Mississippi State. So, like, it was about as bad of a game as Mississippi State played last year, minus, you know, a matchup with, like, in Alabama. It was probably the worst game Mississippi State played last year and, and might be one of the worst games in the two seasons that Mike Leach has been at Mississippi State. It's a bit of a measuring stick game and you know wide receiver Austin Williams talked about it yesterday um, Tuesday saying that you know they like they remember that game and they will specifically not just watch highlights of Kentucky this season. Obviously Kentucky's really good this season. There's a, they're a lot different than they were last year but their defense is looking their offense has changed more than their defense has so Austin Williams said that they're literally going back and watching film from that game last year because there's a lot from the schemes and the defense that they can use in the game this year. So it definitely feels like a measuring stick game of, hey, where has Mississippi State gone from year one to year two of Mike Leach? Because I think saying, you know, we got shut out on offense against Alabama last year and, you know, we didn't score against a touchdown against Alabama this year. Like Mississippi State fans can say that, um, but measuring yourself against Alabama is going to be tough because you can make a big surge. You're still going to be, you know, 40 points below. <laughs> where Alabama is. Um, this, this kind of sets up to be a game where you can kind of tell where where has the progress come. It's it's kind of interesting to see how close the line is and even, you know, the fact that Mississippi State started as a favorite because Kentucky is literally the number 12 team in the nation, uh, has a 6-1 and one record and has played a pretty decent schedule. Um, but I think what Vegas sees 
And what I see too, maybe me and Vegas see eye to eye on this, is that um, despite me picking Kentucky to win, I think it's a game where Kentucky's strengths kind of match up with what Mississippi State likes to see um, in terms of Mississippi State's defense. Like Mississippi State has a good rush run defense. That's why they were able to shut down NC State when NC State came to Starkville. Um, that's number one. Number two is Mississippi State's flaws on defense have come from allowing explosive plays, big plays. Aside from Wandale Robinson, Kentucky doesn't really have anybody at receiver with Ali being injured and, and questionable for the game. And even then, I mean, is he really the number two guy? Like, are you too scared? With, with Martin Emerson and Malian Forbes at corner, you're not really scared of the team that had two decent receivers. If they just have one decent receiver, that really shuts down that explosive play category in the secondary against MSU safeties. Um, so I think Kentucky's offense plays to the strengths of Mississippi State's defense. I think that's where Mississippi State might have a bit of an advantage. What Mississippi State's offense does, that's kind of where the toss-up in this game is for me. Is I don't know how they match up um, with Kentucky, um, but it's definitely setting up, like you said, a game that's going to be tough to ride on deadline for. Um, I would just like to point, I know we're talking about Vanderbilt. Uh, you can buy tickets to the Vanderbilt-Missouri game for $4, and I still think it's overpriced. Yeah, probably a little overpriced, because they probably put on some, like, taxes and fees on that, and you have to pay at the concession stand. Like, it should be, like, $4 for tickets, and then you get, like, a cooler beers for free, and then maybe, like, a Vanderbilt, like, T-shirt, and then maybe, like, like skip-the-line pass at, like, Aldine's in, in downtown. Yeah, StubHub should pay me to go to that game. <laughs> Um, yeah, so for, for you, what, what, what do you think your game is going to come down to, uh, other than is Will Rogers going to, you know, have it in him? Right. I think it's going it, to be a close game, so I think it's going to come down to turnovers. I mean, <laughs> Mississippi State could not have six interceptions in this game. Let's start off with that. Um, I think it comes down to turnovers because Mississippi State does a decent job of forcing turnovers uh, on defense, and they've done a pretty good job of protecting the ball on offense. I know Will Rogers the past couple games, He's had two straight games with multiple interceptions. Hadn't had any before that. Um, so, you know, if he's at 100% and playing well, um, as long as Mississippi State isn't turning over the ball, I think they have a chance to win. Um, so I think that's what it comes down to. When you have two defenses who want to make you turn the ball over, um, that's what it's come down to. I mean, every game, you know, I could say it's a battle of the trenches. Obviously, offensive line versus defensive line. It's going to be important. Keeping Will Rogers clean is going to be important. Um, but even if you're taking sacks, as long as you're not turning the ball over, um, I think Mississippi State has has a chance in this one. So um, should be should be fun. Should be fun for both of us. I've heard really good things about Auburn. Um, I've heard the people there are really nice. So take that for what it is. Um, you know, if if Auburn wins, go take a chance to look at the toilet paper at um, what's it called something corner, right? Oh man, I've seen that on TV so many times. Yeah, yeah. So should should be. Uh, should be a lot of fun for both of us this weekend. Um, that'll wrap us up, though, on Justify Your Existence. Again, thanks for listening. Make sure you follow Justify Your Existence on your favorite podcast platform or at djournal.com slash podcast. Join our Facebook groups, Mississippi State Discussion with Parrish Alford and Stefan Seichnick, Ole Miss Discussion with Parrish Alford and Michael Katz. Follow djournal Sports on Twitter. Follow our coverage online, djournal.com. Uh, for Michael Katz and myself, thanks for tuning in.